down in front. back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Hey, Mom, what do you think? You look like a gangster. Welcome back to Old Fogies and Films. Each episode, the members of this panel take turns assigning a film to watch and discuss. We have... Ruth. Eric. Fahad. Gia. And me, Shelly. This round, I assigned the Fogies to watch Goodfellas. So... And the crowd goes wild. And the crowd should be clapping and going crazy. Yes. Goodfellas is about a man named Henry Hill who began working for a mafia family in 1955 when he was just 13 years old. The mo movie follows his life starting when he was 13 um, up until he became an FBI informant in 1980. So I'm going to start this episode by telling you all why I love this movie so much. And why you all should love this movie so much. And then I want to hear what you all think. Your honest opinions, even if it will break my heart. Even as you lead the witness. <laughs> so I, um, it's been a couple of years since I watched this movie. And I watched it actually twice this week because I enjoyed watching it so much. Wow. Okay. The first time. This is your and mistake. I enjoyed it each time more and more. And I noticed things each time I watched it. So I. The first reason I love this movie is I find the mafia life fascinating. Um, I, and, and, and I loved um, in particular that this movie is based on a true story. So it's based off of a book called Wise Guys, Life in a Mafia Family by Nicholas Pelleggi. And um, I'm not the only one fascinated by mafia life. I know lots and lots of people are, but Scorsese is also fascinated by it. And he was filming uh, something else. He wasn't going to make another mob movie, but he ended up reading this book um, on the set of another movie. And he loved it so much. He got together with the guy who wrote this book and they wrote the screenplay for this together. And I love how it doesn't glamorize. Sometimes you get these uh, mafia movies and they kind of glamorize the lifestyle. Well, they definitely did not in this movie. They, they actually, every time I watch, I think this has got to be the most stressful way to live because not only are you acting illegally, you are um, kind of beholden to another group of people who are acting illegally and they sometimes do things that like it was I just can't believe how stressful it would be like especially um Tommy who is Al uh, Pacino not Al Pacino Joe Pesci sorry different movie Joe Pesci's character he was such a wild like card like he, he was a hothead yes he was yeah. a hothead <laughs> behaving in a way and they kept having to cover for him and I just can't imagine life being so stressful usually when hotheads get angry they yell he kills he kills while and, yelling yeah <laughs> and he kills people like he killed that maid guy and of course you know 
you're not supposed to do that. Lots of, I mean, you're not supposed to kill anyway, but especially not supposed to kill a guy from another family. Anyway, I also love that this movie has no redeemable characters. Like they, there, there is no, like sometimes they try to like humanize, you know, the hero, but they were all just awful. They spoke in a terrible way. They treated their wives in a terrible way. And then their wives were not any better than them. So Karen was totally complicit in everything that he was doing. She knew what he was doing. Because whenever I watch these movies, I think, could I be a mafia wife? So I want to know if you all could be a mafia spouse. I was going to say, like, she wasn't even Italian, right? She was Jewish. Jewish. Yeah. She was still awful. (laughs) Just She was the least awful, maybe, but still awful. But still awful. You kind of maybe feel sorry for her for a second, but then like yeah, yeah you were enjoying like, your life. Well, she was like completely yeah. from the beginning. She knew what was going on. When she took the gun, she hid the gun. Um, oh, she, she admitted it turned me on. It's like oh, okay. Yeah. And then she enjoys <laughs> the power yeah, that her and, husband has and, and the money. After their awful fight, where she pulls the gun on him to wake him up because she's so upset because he's cheating. Um. She she even said then she's like, but he's still I still was so, so attracted to him after he beat her up and it was just it's crazy. Um, so I like all of the characters in this movie too. Um, let's see, I find all of the scenes are interesting. So they you from the beginning of the movie, or at least I was like completely like drawn into it. Some movies that we uh, that uh, we've watched and I ended up liking them, but. I have to say, all right, just watch for 20 minutes and you'll get interested. Like, but with this one, super interested from the beginning, drew me in. And I liked their use of, I mean, I want to hear what Eric says because he doesn't like narration, but it didn't bother me in this movie. I think it, they, they used it well. Stop being psychic. <laughs> um, yeah. Finally, um, the music. I loved their use of music in the different scenes thought their song choices were perfect. So I'm not gonna go on any longer. And I first want to hear, Eric, what did you think? Okay, <laughs> since you called me out. <laughs> um, so I, I, I probably didn't like this movie as much as Shelly would like me to, but it was good. Um, I, I, I have issues with machismo movies. So if it's a, you know, if it's about the mob or war uh, or a Western, I, those movies are a little harder for me to sort of get into. Um, but at least, you know, a gangster movie, there's a lot of intrigue and uh, usually very colorful characters. So that's something to latch on to. So, so, so for that reason, you know, it's enjoyable to watch. Um, I, I did find myself asking though why it has the reputation that it does. I mean, not not to be rude, but I was like, you know, it's a good movie. But I was like, but I I thought I don't know that it would be obvious to me, like it is with certain other movies that are considered, you know, very critically acclaimed classics, that I'd be like, okay, I I absolutely understand why they consider it that way. But so I was trying to think of, you know, maybe you know what am I missing? And and um, one thing I came up with that could be part of the reason why it's it's considered so highly is the naturalistic acting, which I did like. Uh, people are always, you know, there's lots of scenes are very busy and interactive with all the characters just sort of on top of each other. And it, you know, it was kind of a testament to Scor- Scorsese's 
uh, ability to trust his actors and set up scenes so that the actors can feel like they live in the scene instead of feeling like they're performing in the scene, if that makes sense. So they just sort of, they're there and it's very uh, comfortable. And well, uh, so let me tell you, more like real people. So they, a lot of the scenes like that were improvised. Like, there, was one, there was one scene where I thought to myself, I feel like that was improvised. And it's the one where um, he finds out she flushed the cocaine and he's super upset. Uh, it's just the way they were interacting. I was like, this feels more like they're kind of like doing it on the spots. Like Scorsese just said, you're upset because she did this. She's upset because she may have just ruined your life accidentally. Well, what I read that he had them do is that they would, so um, I don't know about that scene, maybe, but I know that the part where, so he would have them improvise it like over and over and over again, and then they would write that into the script. And in particularly the part where um, Joe Pesci, at the, at the beginning when he's like, you think, how do you, th you think I'm funny? You know, funny like a clown, how, how am I funny? So anyway, I he when that scene started because I've heard it parodied somewhere. Maybe it was Family Guy or something. I was like, oh my God, it's almost word for word. <laughs> yes. Well, he um he actually, I think he was working in a as a like a server in a restaurant. And he actually said that to a, I guess, mob guy in the restaurant, and he did not get a good response. Like it upset the guy so much. When he was young. So I guess that's why he included that in the film. Yeah, I, I read and that then, he grew up with a lot of wise guys like this. So. Yeah. Um, the other one was uh, when they're, so after they kill the guy and they go to his mom's house and they're sitting and eating and they're all talking and they have that painting of the dogs. So that oh, was yeah, all yeah, his mother. Yeah, Pesci's mother. So that's what I, I enjoy. I like, like Kirby and Kuzet, I like um, improvised scenes. I find that interesting. Yeah. Well, I would be curious uh, for for the people, I'll just put this out there for the people who come after me to answer. Do you think that Ray Liotta's character Henry was lucky in that scene to not get shot by Tommy, considering the kind of personality we come to understand he has later in the movie? Because a lot of other people did much less to him, and he just goes off on them. So I don't know if it's because he knew Henry a little bit better, but it did seem like maybe he was upset about it but he just decided to, to let it go but i wonder if henry almost died that day um okay so uh, uh the second thing that i thought of that uh that critics might rate this movie highly for would be the artistic details during every era for instance and, and in every scene too but you know they go through the the well the 50s the 60s the 70s and the 80s and um and so you and it's pretty seamless like it's not like uh when when you see a movie sort of set in the 80s and, and they'll, they'll really exaggerate it in some way, uh, it, it seemed more organic, like, a, you know, an evolution of, you know, style. And, and there was always a lot of detail in every scene with, with the clothes people are wearing, the way they do their hair and their makeup, the way the homes look, you know. So that obviously took some effort and uh and it's you have to remember this movie was actually made in 1990 it feels a little bit like it was made in the late 70s because <laughs> it still has that godfather sort of feel to it but uh but it was made in 1990 so all those other eras that they were that they were reconstructing they did a very good job because you could have you would have guessed like oh it was just filmed in that time um my favorite scene i will say 
is the one where she's judging all the Italian ladies yeah. with the voiceover. Mm-hmm. I love it. She just she scans them. She goes through the whole crowd, just balancing through the ladies, just talking about them. And it was like, and it was kind of harsh. And it made me think like, this is interesting because, you know, it was this book. She was called them all ugly. <laughs> they are well, ugly. I mean, and when you look at them compared to her, like, oh, yeah, well, they're not great. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, it was written by an Italian man, uh, directed by an Italian man, filled with Italian actors. But then you've got this scene where this character is being very harsh about these people. And it's, it's, a, it's like a little bit honest, I guess. And I found, I found that very interesting, but also very, very funny. Um, she's sort of like she's drowning in this new world a little bit like what who what is this thing that I have married into which of course like I said she deserves everything everything she got because she can pretend in the beginning to be naive like I had no idea what he was doing and I just was in love with him and attracted and now I find myself in this position no 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 I'm sorry but you knew something was up Mm -hmm. you knew what you're getting into um I do find it interesting though that if you notice like through the course of the movie it changes her and she basically she she absolutely becomes one of them she mm-hmm. screams just as loud she's you know just as crass she's she becomes part of a lot of the nefarious you know criminal activities and in a sort of indirect way um you know in a direct way when he's in jail she's bringing him that um, yeah exactly she's his mule yeah and um she even uh, you know the, specifically that scene you mentioned where she uh, is on top of him with the gun when he wakes up like that's a crazy hot-headed thing to do that a lot of the other characters that she was originally sort of saying, who are these people? That's what how they would behave. Now mm-hmm. she is behaving that way. And it made me wonder like, are they, are they saying sort of like she, you know, it's sort of just the influence of being in this community. Like there, there's no escaping it. Like it, it pulls you in and you just become part of it. And there, there's no way out. It's just like they always say with the mob or the mafia, you don't get out, you know, no one leaves. Right. So. <laughs> but, um, so I love that scene. I thought that was very funny. Uh, it was a big, I mean, this is this is pretty uh, this is pretty standard for movies from this time. But the ages of the characters, I, I was I laughed more than once when when Robert De Niro walks in in his first scene and like he was probably 28, 29. I'm like, what? Oh, no, he's not. And even Ray Liotta, she was they, they, you know they go through all these scenes where they're first dating. She's like, he was 21. What? No. He is not 21 in that scene. Well, I reacted the same way on that, and uh, but I didn't realize that they ca- they did that because they're going to then follow them throughout the years, you know, like, like 10 years later, 20 sure, years later. Sure, but, yeah. but I think they casted them for the long term yeah. versus the young term, and they didn't have the great <laughs> technology we have now to smooth out the faces and stuff. But right. I felt the way initially, I was like, wait, he's supposed to be 21? <laughs> Yeah, I guess but, they yeah. average the age of the actor between the ages that they will have to be in the film. Yeah. Like you're going to have to go from 20 to I don't know 45. So we need it's, to in the middle. Yeah, it it threw off one of my recast ideas because in the beginning it was like, oh, this will be a fun recast, but then I realized, oh, that person has to be able to also be like 40 at some point. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I guess not. Oh no, did they age some of them by um what's his, what's his name? Um Robert De Niro. You can see how he went from black hair to gray. So they, they did it that way, the hair. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. So the old uh prosthetics way, you know. Yeah. Wrinkle or maybe it was Elmer's glue. Did you ever do that on your <laughs> put Elmer's glue on your hands? And then when it dried, it made your hands look really old. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, I should move more quickly through my my notes here because it's taking longer than I thought it was going to. Um 
uh, one other thing that I'm interested in if anyone else wants to mention is that this is our second Scorsese movie and there was also a big N-word drop in the middle of this one. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if anyone has thoughts about that. Were uh, there two or three drops? I think I only heard it once, but maybe I... I heard it like three times, yeah. Oh, okay, then sure, I'm sure it was then. <laughs> I probably just uh, tuned it out after. Um, I was surprised about how little Robert De Niro was in the movie. Uh, because he's a big star at the time. So, it, I mean, they really made it Ray Liotta and Joe Pesci's movie. Uh, a side note, somebody reminded me of this online and because I hadn't thought of it myself, but this is the same year that Home Alone came out. So oh, oh, but a comment on that. Sorry. Joe Pesci was in Home Alone and Goodfellas the same year, which are like wildly different things to do in your career. Wait, I want to see But he's a hothead in both. <laughs> yeah. He is, but it's a nuts- And a criminal. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's true he's not quite as organized in home alone and he was willing to kill kevin what so. bandits what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> um i uh I, I i another thing that i was wondering about is like how does ray Liotta laugh the way he does in those scenes where he's i love it so much it makes me so happy and then you always see i mean now that's like a huge meme like I, i've seen that meme and it was like that was a meme yeah he looks a, possessed yes. it's like what is even happening he's um, thinking thank god he didn't shoot me <laughs> maybe yeah. but it, but while i'm watching the movie alone down here i'm trying to imitate the way he's laughing because yeah. i'm trying to like can i do that what is this how can anyone imitate that <laughs> i think at the end of this uh at the end of this recording i want to see each of you try to do the ray Liotta laugh um yeah, yeah. And i wanted to uh, um also ask if anyone knew the story of how joe pesci when he was 16 years old introduced two of the four seasons to one of their other members which then launched their career oh. it's like kind of a crazy little factoid about his biography so you know he grew up with these kinds of people and he was involved in performing for a very long time before anyone knew who he was hmm um, so the th- things I'm conflicted about with this movie are the sound mix. I-, I-, I don't, I assume I watched a version that was comparable to everyone else's, but uh, the sound was really crazy to me. There were most scenes, like the music was raised so high that I could barely hear what anyone was saying. And it was, the mix seemed wrong to me. And I, the way I explained it to myself was, well, maybe it's intentional because that sort of makes it feel like everything that's ever being discussed in these scenes, these busy scenes is conspiratorial. So it's, you know, people sort of having these um, muffled conversations under the din of everything else going on that you're not supposed to know about because the camera's on them, you hear it. So- You watch a remastered version? Mine was remastered. I didn't watch a, I don't know if I watched a remastered version. I didn't notice. Um, The narration, yeah, narration bothers me a little bit. It it made the, it, it gave the whole movie the same vibe for me as a Christmas story has. <laughs> I, I I took it as well. I always imagine that they're they were the narration that you hear is them on the stand telling their story. Okay, maybe I need uh, you so they're, the, like they're you know I'm when sorry. she's talking. So I need um, to watch it at least a second time, and and I'll keep that in mind, and maybe it'll come across differently to me. That's a cool way to kind of think of it or look yeah, at it. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Because um, I did like how they switched between the two. Like, you could hear her well, point of view. That confused so it wasn't me, just too. One. That was my next point. Is that confused me, too? Because it, we I were like with it. him for so long before all of a sudden she starts talking. And I was like, what? I mean, it was a little bit jarring to me that suddenly mm-hmm. she's 
speaking instead. Um, and then they traded off a bit, so it started to make sense. But um, I, speaking of her, I did not understand why, when why she agreed to marry him before knowing what he did for a living. Like, if you agreed to marry somebody, wouldn't you have already sort of visited their workplace? So she, she again, she, I don't know, she was just trying to remain naive, even though she knew, knew what was happening. But it, she, because they made a point, like after they got married, that she's like, oh, suddenly I'm figuring out what is happening. I was like, how, how in the world did you agree to marry somebody without already knowing the, the details of what they're doing on a day-to-day basis? So I, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of respect for her because- Well, he told her construction. And that's what she like rubbed his hands. She's like, he's, she's like, you don't feel like you're doing construction. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm in a union job or something. He gives some excuse. The union delegate. Yeah. I, I feel like he, you she that excuse. the money because there was that scene right, well. the beginning when they're dating when they, she meets the guy yeah. from across the street and he tips, um, or she's like, you tipped them all $20. And <laughs> so I looked up how much money that would have been in 1970. It would be like giving them $150 each. Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. Like that's a huge, cause I was thinking 20, I mean, 20 to me still would be like a huge tip to just pass well, I out. still thought it still worked for me. Yeah. I was like 20 for every person. Come on. So like 150, I think she just loved, she yeah. was willing really to look the other way. Yeah. Like, and the fine, money like and said, the fact that, that they got that, like you I took her on that date, no which I enjoyed the camera work of when they do the long, like trip into the club. Um, you know, they walk in through the back way, walk through up down to the front and they bring out the table for them. Oh, I, I couldn't believe they pulled, they pulled the table out and, and I felt bad for those other people. They stuck it. In I front know of. who were like standing there waiting for their table. One of, one of those um, girls at the table that was front row and now isn't any longer. I swear for a second, she looked really pissed about it. But then Tommy, you know, Henry turns around and, and shakes the hand of the guy where they're like, who probably knows who he is in the community. And so, you know, they're not going to say anything, even if they are pissed. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, you know, whatever her reasons were, like I said, I lost respect for her and also did not have any sympathy for her as the sort of outsider character because it's like you, you got in, you knew what you were getting into and yeah. you're okay with it, with, no matter how naive you want to claim you were. So I had some questions for everyone else who's going to speak after me and for Shelly. And they are, uh, one, uh, despite what you said, Shelly, you said you, you like that it doesn't um, glorify um, mob life. I actually felt that it did romanticize it a bit. And, and I think that's because, because there is no character in the movie, which we would normally get in a movie like this, who is conflicted about anything that's going on. No one is, uh, some people are conflicted at times, but not for like, it's not the character's um, main personality trait where they're conflicted the entire time and trying to find a way out. Everyone was like, no, we're gonna make this work. And there, there was, like you said, there's like no good guys. So everyone's just bad. And, and, and I felt like that in, its, in effect does romanticize it to a certain extent. Um, another question was- Don't think that they made it attractive though. It didn't look, any of it looked attractive to me well, part of that. Like I the mean, way I took it was like, he the got money. off at the end and he gets a new life. He did, but the majority did, of the people were killed for, yeah. by their own people. That well, was he, like, he almost got yeah, killed. Like um, yeah. if he had gone to Florida, he even said like, I knew if I went there, I would be dead. Like they, they, were, they friends, were killed him. His best friend um, it's true, almost but took him out. That's how I looked at it too. I was like, oh, this is not a fun life to live because your own people who you are helping even kill the other people will then turn around and kill you next. 
And then you know, he started as our lead character. So he's the one who's sort of telling us, you know, if, if they had killed him at the end, then, then I would have said, yeah, it's not romanticizing anything because he got exactly what you would expect someone to get who would live this life. But he doesn't. Well, well he, he, the only um, way he got out of it was by snitching on them to the feds. And oh, sure. in fun. the long run, he, he ended up actually he, divorcing he was so, his wife. I feel and, like he was so upset having to leave. I mean, he was like this major guy he had all this money he was able to do anything he yeah, wanted no to wait, walk, and all wait, of a sudden he was moved to like some midwest town where he was nobody and he just wasn't they, they, they focused a lot on on how much he how much power and money and influence he had in the years when he was able to do this and so if he had to go into early retirement i mean i'm not sad for him it seems like he um you know maybe he wishes he could still be part of that like but anyway you know it's fine you know I expected we would disagree on this, like, and that's cool. But that's just, you know, for me, it really felt a little romanticized and that <laughs> made me feel strange about it. Um, uh, another thing was- but, but I'm just curious, okay. it's a true story. <laughs> so the, these are his stories that happened. Yeah. So how can you romanticize the truth? Well, you can romanticize the truth by the way you tell the story. Yeah, we'll I mean, every, to, you we'll tell, agree, you tell this we'll exact same story a completely different way, you know? Like, from my point of view, this did not make me want to be a mobster just to get money, because I was like, it's, it does not look like a safe life, and no. most likely I would be dead, because the majority, like, 99% of them were all dead by the end of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, I would not want to either. It didn't not romantic, it yeah. didn't romanticize or glorify it in, in the way that it made me want to be a part of it. It made me feel like the the message of the film was, um, how fun and wild is this? <laughs> you know, you can do whatever you want, and you'll probably and, and if you're lucky, if you're really smart and you play your cards right, you you will make it on the other end. It's all these idiots, these stoolies. <laughs> I'm I'm starting to get Italian, but uh, <laughs> they're the ones that aren't going to get a happy ending. But anyway, like I said, uh, that's fine. Don't you don't have to agree with me. Um, so my other thing was on a technical uh, aspect, I, I was a little surprised by all the freeze frames. And I wonder what people thought about that. I thought that was a very, very interesting technique that he decided to use. And he did it like a, a lot of times during the film. Um, I had, a, uh, and then the, the weirdest thing for me was that he makes a fourth wall break only once at the end of the film when he steps off the stand but of course, now I'm thinking I want to reassess that the weirdness of that for me because of what you said, Shelley, about how you interpreted the narration, the entire story as them being on the stand. So, but of course the narration doesn't stop, but maybe that was the scene where they were trying to um, tell us, by the way, this narration has been the testimony. Uh, and that's now that's that's off of it to tell you what is what what becomes of his life after the fact. So that makes sense. That does make sense to me. So I, I'm wondering, like, this might all come, it might all line up for me a little better if I watch it a second time. Uh, and then I, I had a question for people. On the version I saw, do you remember the scene where that cousin or whoever she was was in the kitchen and he's yelling at her saying, I need you to go, you need to go to a phone outside of the house to make this call. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't. Do you remember she pulls out like a brochure from her purse? I don't know what it was, a plane ticket or a brochure. I don't know. But it, it, on the version I watched, it, it was censored, like a black bar across the top of the brochure for some reason. I was like, why? I don't think but it was on mine. I it made me think that. of Taxi Driver, the other Scorsese movie we watched, where they blur the porn 
and the version I watched, I had to ask you, I was like, did, was it blurred for you? Because I felt like, why would they blur the porn? But, you know, because it didn't even seem like real porn. But so I don't know if you're, maybe you don't remember that, but think on it, maybe it'll come to you. Uh, and then my last questions were for Shelly, maybe, because she's Italian. And I'm starting to wonder because of her deep appreciation for Goodfellas and Sopranos, if she has any deep mob ties in her family. Um, well, what you know I could not story. tell you. I was about to say. She <laughs> I know. I was like, I know you, you can't tell us, but, and you might be in witness protection. I don't know. But uh, what is a wise guy? Why do they call them that? And what is getting made? <laughs> so getting made is when you become, so it's very hard to explain. So like, if you get made, then you're one of them. You're in the family and they have to defend you like no matter what. So they weren't made and in the Sopranos, you could be made. I, I don't, they never made a big deal about you having to be fully Italian. But I thought that was interesting that uh, they couldn't because he was half Irish. What if it's the good half? <laughs> or he, was, he said he was half Jewish, but was he lying? Just said that her mom would like him. Yeah. Oh yeah, she um, lied and said, oh, he's half Italian was, or uh, half Jewish. And I was like, he's like, I'm not anything Jewish, but I'll lie. So he's yeah. got no problem lying. I think Tommy was fully. Well, was, because he was going to be made, but <clears throat> when he was oh, no, going it was, to Yeah, it was only Jimmy that really had a problem and Henry, like Jimmy and Henry are the ones that could never be, made. be made. So then once you're made, then you're like one, you're part of that family, like a hundred percent. I think now that I remember, they did explain it pretty well in one brief scene where they talked about it's, it's basically a club and you can get invited into it. If you've proven yourself and you're fully Italian and meet all the criteria, you can be invited in. And they were going to invite Tommy in until they realized what he had done yeah. to the other mob guy, the other Who family. was made. And that was why it made it a big deal that he killed him. Because you can't kill another made guy unless you have like a sit down and explain why you need them to go. And then, I mean, it's like a big deal. And a wise like, guy? Is it because they crack wise all the time or what? It's just the name that they used for someone. Gotta come from the mafia. I don't know if it had like a, a purpose. In my, college, in my college town, we had a pizza place called Wise Guys that everyone liked. It was the name of the 80s, 80s show that came on NBC. Well, see, he wanted to name this movie Wise Guys, because, but during around this time, there was a couple other things that were called Wise Guys, so that's why they did it. Like the 1980s show I told you about. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that was one of the... Yeah. yeah, people would have thought this was a movie adaptation of the show, probably. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm done <laughs> for now. All right, <laughs> so how about you, Ruth? Well, I actually also have an appreciation. I love mom movies. <laughs> I love, a, I'm a big De Niro fan. So I'm kind of, in, I'm into that. Um, I have, I did like this movie a lot. I have seen it kind of when it would be played on TV a lot and I would only get kind of bit, bits and pieces here and there. So I never actually got to fully, um, I guess, really fully experience it. But um, of course, you know, the, You've got these really great, great casts on it. You've got, of course, De Niro and Joe Pesci and Ray, Ray Liotta. I don't even know if that's how you say it. Ray Liotta, yep. Ray Liotta, okay, his last name. Um, yeah, I um, I like how it kind of, to me, it does kind of have some of the romanticism, but non-romanticism. I guess in the in the sense of when he, when uh, 
when Henry, when he's a kid, he only sees like the really cool aspects out of it. And then I guess, you know, it comes to realization. You're like, oh yeah, you know, that's really a tough, a tough way to go. Cause you can be, you can be killed anytime you can get pinched and, and all. Pinched. And all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to use the vocab, the jargon of the, of the, of the. Right. And I don't have any Italian blood, but I got some Irish blood. <laughs> So I guess I could. Um, you'll never get made. I know. What's up with that? <laughs> Maybe in the Irish mafia. There you go. You, everyone's got their own mafia. Just do that's own. true. I could. I could. I could. You know. I could get in there. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was funny too how um, uh, how Henry how he meets his wife at first. He meets her and he doesn't even want to be there. And then they end up. I guess. Just do y'all think he really fell in love with her? Or do you think it was just? I do. I think he liked when she came and yelled at him. Yeah. He met his match. <laughs> That's he he liked that. It was a destructive yeah. relationship. Yes, it was from the beginning. The bad part. He was, he was like, I can make you Italian. Come on. <laughs> I mean, it was bad from the beginning because he only wanted because um Tommy only wanted uh Henry to come because he wanted to sleep with the girlfriend who wouldn't sleep no, with him yeah. or be with him alone because <laughs> he was Italian. <laughs> but then he didn't he he was put his mom wanted him to settle down too but. yes isn't lorraine bracco isn't bracco isn't it isn't that an italian name did they yeah, hire another italian actress but to play the jewish girl that's confusing to me <laughs> i didn't look her up though maybe lorraine bracco is half jewish half italian i don't know maybe don't know. Are good half. <laughs> i was gonna say which is you know she's but I mean, she, she was in Sopranos head. also. She was in she? the Sopranos. Yeah, she was his um, therapist. therapist. But anyways, I did like it a lot. Um, I know that uh, Joe Pesci, he does, when he's in the mob movies, he tends to play like a hothead a lot. And um, if he could have toned it, you know, toned it down a little bit how he did, you know, he might have gotten made. He might have gotten back in there. <laughs> Things, to, you know. I think you'd have to be a hothead to be to be in the mafia. You can't think sure, about, I mean, you can't think too much about killing people. <laughs> You know what though he was a different level and honestly if i were the family i wouldn't i would never even consider making him i mean he's just he's only going to be trouble right he's always going to create messes you have to clean up so why make him does that make sense like you're just asking for trouble you're going to cause yourself grief in the future because tommy is definitely going to do something insane in the future and because he's made you're going to have to protect him and cover it up or whatever it's like you, you, well maybe they weren't considering they were using that as a ruse to I wondered about that. Yeah. I was like, just come to this place. It's fine. It's yeah. Cool. You know, we'll make you. Yeah. I think that probably was the whole time. <laughs> yes. Probably a ruse. <laughs> um, oh, my other one, like uh, the one thing, I guess I know how sometimes we talk about like backstories about how the, uh, the mob, the mob guys they you know, that are married and then they, they didn't really kind of come into play how they met their girlfriends and how serious they took them until like, I guess, well, Friday nights were for girlfriends and Saturdays are for wives. Well, yes, but um, Henry, it seemed like he <laughs> was more interested in his girlfriend. So I was just wondering, like, well, they like they have a, someone that they pick for a wife that they know that maybe that they know that they can um, that will kind of acclimate to this lifestyle. Oh, they yeah, have, they have their fun on the Friday nights. They, they get the, the silly girls for Friday nights. They pick a girl that they think like she's gonna stand her ground and toe the line. 
you know, probably good Sicilian blood. Yeah. <laughs> and that'll be your wife. But you do the silly girls on Friday nights, the ones that probably can't keep their mouth shut if you let anything slip. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh... Okay, well, I hated the fact that he had that apartment for that woman right down the street from his wife and his kids. Wasn't that awful? Mm -hmm. I mean, can I just tell you, Lorraine Bracco in 1990, freaking gorgeous. I mean, she's gorgeous now, but I had not seen her that early in her career. Gorgeous. Like, I don't know how you're going to cheat on that. It's like what Fahana used to say about uh, Sandra Bullock's ex, Jesse James. Is that his stupid name? Yeah. Uh, I was like, how do you, how do you cheat on Sandra? I know. Right now loud? Yeah. Like, is she not hot enough for you? Is she not talented enough for you? Like, is she not like, I don't understand it at all. It's men are idiots and I do not claim to be one of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's I, why I was wondering what the seriousness was it since he got her an apartment, like he just liked her enough to keep her around, I guess. But when you have money to throw around, I think you yeah. have to doing weird things with it yeah and that that seemed to be what a lot of people did in this movie is like they had so much money that you just do things with it that normal people would not do or even need to do like no one needs to tip every single person you meet with 20 bucks that's just bonkers no. people didn't do anything for you like what are you tipping them for you know <laughs> keep them up keep things on their side i guess all right anything yes. else there is before we move on uh, I think that's it for now. All right, Fahad, what about you? Hey, thank you. Um, so I don't even think I've ever actually seen any kind of mob-related movie before. I, I don't think I have. Like anything that's like, you know, known like the Godfather movies, this movie. Um, I'm not even sure what other ones are out there. Uh, but I will say similar to what Eric said earlier, I'm usually not into watching like the mob movies, the country western movies. Um, Sorry to interrupt, but Fahad, you should watch Married to the Mob. It's like a mob comedy with <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer as the lead. Oh, uh, with Michelle Pfeiffer's in it. Um, exactly. See, there's your gateway. Yeah. So, um, but so I was going into this, I'm being full, fully transparent here. I was going into it thinking, okay, I guess I'll watch this, you know, see how it is. Um, but I will say I ended up enjoying it while watching it. Like it did keep Good. me interested. Um, I liked I, I didn't like the characters as people. But I liked watching these characters. You know, right. Joe Pesci was always fun when he was in a scene just because you never, he was so unpredictable. He was unpredictable, but predictable in that you knew somebody was going to probably die when he gets mad. <laughs> but um, I mean, the first time the guy, you know, got his foot shot the second time he died. Um, but, uh, right. and uh, Eric, to your earlier question, in his first thing about like, wh- why am I funny? You, think, you know, like that whole exchange he had, um, I was like, wow, this guy is crazy. But I, I didn't think he'd get to the point he could kill somebody until later on. I'm like, oh, he kills people for stupid things. But I never then took back, like, went back to the original scene we saw with him to think like, wow, he really is lucky he escaped with his life. Um, but I think it was also, though, because of the ties that that uh, Henry already had up to that point, maybe he garnered a little bit more respect that he wouldn't just he knew he could kind of you know play around with him and scare him but he knew he probably would be in trouble if he killed him plus that was also early on you know they all grew and kind of built more clout as time went on so tommy probably felt as time went on he was allowed to kind of do this and it's okay if he kills people because nobody will think twice but earlier on maybe he wasn't there yet because i was gonna say though um 
because I made the point, oh, maybe it's because he had such a relationship with Henry, but he does kill that mob boss in the bar later who he had like a lifetime history with. And is like, it doesn't, so if, from that perspective, it apparently doesn't matter how long you've known the guy uh, or how, what kind of history you might have. Like if you say the wrong thing, boom, but anyway. But yeah, maybe your point, like he got worse because he felt more confident that he could get away with shit. He was felt more invincible, you know? Yeah. Like he can do it. He's Tommy. Um, He's so, uh, yeah, so I went into it not expecting much, but it went above the, that low pole I, bar I had set for it. It went I mean, above but, the low bar. That but you I'm set. not saying that it just went above the low bar. A little much, bit. Yeah, like, it went up movie. a good amount. Like, I enjoyed the movie. <laughs> Um, I honestly do think I could watch it again, and I probably want to with the perspective that you mentioned, Shelley, that the narration is them on the stand. I was like, oh, that's a very interesting way to look at it and to kind of look at this retelling is what they're telling us from the stand. So it also actually questions then some of the stuff we're seeing, like how accurate is some of this stuff that we're actually seeing? And are the scenes where we're seeing Henry being really bad towards Karen? Is Karen's narration and vice versa is that Henry's narration so right. that kind of adds a whole new dynamic to the way true. you might watch this movie true um so that could be fun to revisit it that way um I didn't realize it was based off of a true story until the end you know and it was like it says it at the what beginning happens. what <laughs> it says at the beginning based on a true story. oh it did didn't it I guess I forgot <laughs> it then while I was watching it I, I, I did, you're right. I did say it at the beginning, but I forgot <laughs> until the end. I was like, oh, it's a true story. See how um, uninterested he was in this at the beginning. <laughs> oh, um, the title screens are going by and he's like, ugh. Yeah, you're, no, you're <laughs> right. You're it right. was one Although, of those movies where you have to say, I'll just give it 20 minutes and I'll get into it. <laughs> well, I will say I did not watch the remastered version. So it was a pretty low quality version. So I maybe not even fully read the words properly. Um, although I did read what happened to them afterwards, but. Um, Anyways, I did enjoy kind of just seeing the story, the evolution of the people and where they went in terms of their rank. But um, my favorite part was actually later on when they were planning the big heist. Like I like, I might not be as into gangster mob movies or cowboy movies, but I do like heist movies, like Ocean's Eleven movies, (laughs) Ant-Man, you know, like those are all fun (laughs) heist movies. Um, and that's when they brought in that aspect of it, I was really getting into it more. Um, and that's where Robert De Niro's character came into play even more and became a bigger part of it. Cause Eric, to your point, every time he would pop up, I'm like, Oh, I forgot he was in this movie. They're really wasting a star, you know, like he's at the forefront of these types of things. Um, but then they amped him up to be kind of a leader. You what? They kind of wasted Paul Sorvino a little bit too, which, by the way, we also we also lost Paul Sorvino in twenty twenty two. I know. Oh, um, so I enjoyed that, and the other scene I actually really enjoyed was them in prison. Yes, me too. I was just <laughs> going to bring that up. I love how they got the special food to cook. I mean, they were like exactly. really like, and see, oh, oh Fahad loved that steak. <laughs> I saw it. It was like this thick, incredible. It was steak. a good. It was a good quality steak. But what I will say is, they might, for my opinion. With as with Shelley's opinion, I don't feel like they necessarily romanticized in the way I felt being in the mafia, the mob, because of what 
your your life is always in danger, even from your own people. Like they could yeah. turn on you at any moment and you could die. But the only thing that crossed my mind when watching the movie that I felt was romanticized is the way they are when they're in prison. I'm like, wait, they're safe. They don't have to work. They're yeah. getting all this nice food and they're just hanging around, lounging around. I was like, that's actually not a bad deal. Because they um, paid off over- all the guards, right? And yeah. All the- so, uh, but yeah, so overall, was, I actually, I ended up enjoying years, the movie. Um, yeah, it was for four years. That's crazy. Like, you don't even Except for the uh, the boss. He was only in for one year. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, never knowing when someone's going to show up at your door to do, a um, like, a search warrant? Go through all your stuff? They don't make, care if they mess it up. We keep a tidy house, though. You're like, hey, people come. People in suits could come by any time. I want them to look. I want everything to look nice. <laughs> and also, you know, she offers them house. coffee. Can I make you some coffee? <laughs> See, that's a good use for having a second apartment, not to store your side piece in to store yeah. all the bad stuff. The so bad stuff. Your house. It's your house. Yeah, don't keep anything in your home. Oh, I I love that scene where she's like, uh, she finds out that he momentarily stowed those guns at her parents house like why did you have to put it in my parents house i was like yeah i'd be pissed too like no even if it's in a trash can in the garage like you find some other place for that crap you don't bring it into the home of the people i always i also found it interesting to think about just like this could never happen now like present day i mean there's cameras everywhere people have ring doorbells when he went and beat up the guy with like pistol whipped him he would have been caught on someone's camera. Yeah. I mean, True. and, and yeah. you can't commit any crime and you have to remember to turn your phone off because your phone, like, they track where your phone is going. You can't make any plans in front of you. Say. Yeah, you can't make plans in front of Alexa or your Google Home or anything because it's recording. You yeah. Know? Can you imagine your mom was just, uh, <laughs> hey, Alexa, turn on the lights. Oh, also, uh, put a hit on this guy. And yeah. Alexa's like, okay. And then she's like, recorded it forever. Remind me to. <laughs> Um, (laughs) oh oh, two other one other thing i was going to say is just in terms of the cast um eric i'm sure you love seeing debbie mazar yes (laughs) there needed to be more debbie mazar thank you very much um she played the character uh who did all the cocaine like cutting or whatever chopped whatever it's called oh and Um, she did all the cocaine i mean she had to be out of her mind by the amount of drugs that she was doing she did like half the cocaine though and even if she didn't do the cocaine she's still breathing in all the dust that she's like cutting up and it's true it's just sort of in the air yeah when they go and they lick the what are they tasting for i've never tasted cocaine oh you can you can you can taste it uh not to like put myself on blast but you you can tell if it's cocaine that's how you decide I mean, I guess, like, for people who don't know what it tastes like, you could also know that it doesn't taste like baby powder or powdered sugar. <laughs> or flour. Yeah. yeah, or talcum powder or something, you know, like... Baking soda. Yeah. So we know what that stuff could taste like, and if it doesn't, then maybe it's a good assumption that it's something else. Um, and hello, the other surprise appearance of Samuel L. Jackson. I was not expecting him to see, <laughs> to see him in this movie. What movie has this guy not been in? Yeah. Oh, Samuel L. Jackson, most people don't know, has been working since the 70s. He just didn't get famous until the late 90s. That's that's what happened. That's amazing. Oh, he got famous on Pulp Fiction, basically. Yes. But, yeah. um, but he had been working steadily, you know, from from way back. So it's kind of crazy that he's he spent all those years in obscurity. Um, but I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you on the question of 
Well, are you done with your actors? Because once you're done, I'll ask you if you saw somebody. Okay. No, there was one more actor I was going to bring up who's more of a bigger deal now, but I guess back then he wasn't. Um, he played Spider, Michael Imperioli. Oh yeah, he's yeah, the one he was in the Sopranos. Yeah, Sopranos, exactly. You know uh, what? He was pretty, so pretty in this movie. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe you just murdered that poor boy. I know. I mean, it's not like it's it's it shouldn't be less sad when you murder somebody who's not attractive, but. It is. <laughs> um, I believe that was all I had in terms of well, I have a bombshell surprises. For and that's also everything I had for the movie that overall I did enjoy it. I have a bombshell for you then, Farhan. Tobin Bell was in this movie. Who oh, was Tobin where? Bell playing? Who? Where? So Who? What? Where? When, when Henry, Ray Liotta, and uh, Jimmy, Robert De Niro, were in the parole office and he was showing him the money in the bag right before Jimmy was going to go talk to his parole officer. Tobin Bell is a pro- parole officer that comes out of the door and shakes his hand to bring him inside. Oh, oh my gosh. Very, very, very quick, but that's Tobin Bell. Wow. <laughs> and he has those sleepy eyes and whatnot. I'm surprised I didn't recognize him. I, I can usually recognize the most obscure people upside down. I think it's just it's like, too quick. I like, totally missed that. Already known, yeah, if I hadn't already known he was in the cast list, I wouldn't even have been looking for him. It's funny. Yeah. I, I used the one pointing things out. Like, did you see him? Or did you see this person? Mm-hmm. Good eyes, Eric. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> that one. Yeah, there it is. Tobin Bell plays parole officer. Um, there is somebody I did pick up while watching it. I forgot to mention. He played the doctor, not Doctor Who doctor, but he was the doctor. <laughs> um, and he was in. I guess Eric, you would know him. He was in Veep for quite a good amount of episodes. He was one of the, her like opponents when she ran for president. But yeah, it's interesting to see all the different people that were in this. But Samuel L. Jackson was the biggest surprise to me. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. And plus because everyone else is Italian or whatever, and suddenly you got this one black guy and I was gets murdered horribly. I was gonna say, I was really, I did not like his murder scene. I was like, that's not fair. That's not cool. Mm-mm. But I mean, they, they did to... have a decent reason for doing it, I guess. The fact that he was he was being sloppy, and they they of course they told us they told us the entire movie up until then the family does not accept any kind of sloppy behavior when it comes to their dealings. So it was like, nope, guys, got to go. So I get it, but you know, he didn't get much. He barely did. He I mean, he barely had a line. <laughs> I don't remember him talking. Did he? He did. Yes. Oh, okay. he, he did, like I thought you maybe you were in here with one of your bitches, and he was like. I was. Where is she? <laughs> mm-hmm. She must have disappeared in the night. All right, Tikia. Okay. Well, I love this movie. This is definitely one of the movies I can watch over and over again. Oh, yeah. So just like you said, Shelly, I could definitely, yeah, this is right up my alley. <laughs> okay. I love movies that, that go from decade to decade or year to year. And you have the 1950s with the hairdos and the um, cars, the Things are going on up to the 80s. Oh, that gets my goat. I love stuff like that. So <laughs> I love, yeah, I really do. I love, I love movies that, that go from like one year or decade to the other. This is fun. I love this movie. It was I, I like, yeah, the acting was really good. And um, yeah, action. I mean, everyone else said everything that was going on within the action of everything happening. But um, I like, I, I was reading about the same thing with the ad-libbing of lines. I thought that I could tell, especially with Joe Pesci's lines, that he, that he was doing a lot of, he does this kind of thing where he'll do this, um, blah, 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 MFR, blah, 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 blah. What the F, dude, this, blah, blah, blah. So I, I, <laughs> it felt like he was kind of, I could feel some kind of ad libbing. It was such a feeling I could get, like he's doing this great, good, cool job of ad libbing. Like, he did the same kind of like fast talking, like 
words, if I'm describing it in the most simplest way, <laughs> but at um, Home Alone. Yeah, so we was, you know, you remember that? You guys have seen Home Alone a bazillion times. He does that little that, that thing every time when Kevin knocks him out with something. So oh, is, I like, I, I can see, feel his ad-libbing on that. I, I didn't recognize the other ones ad-libbing. I'm sure, I'm sure they all were as well. So I could kind of see, I could definitely see that, especially more with Joe Pesci. Um, yeah, everyone kind of nailed it with their, you know, the, all the the mob life and all. I definitely was thinking to myself, I never want to be a mob wife either. No. I, I don't care. Either. It's like you're, going to, you're going to be dead. Someone's going to kill you. If you don't or kill you, your children. Someone's going to hold you for a debt or something. They don't have to like you. Uh, like, or like, like, or to get back your husband who's in the mob or something, they're going to kill you and your children or something. So it doesn't, like you said, it, it doesn't appeal to me at all. It doesn't make me want to be, yeah. Watch this movie. I definitely didn't, yeah, would not want to. Not worth it. Too people. I don't think too many people would want to be that, something like that, but then you never know. Do they usually threaten the, the wife and children really though? Because I was a little surprised where it turned out that for Henry, in Henry's case specifically, they were actually going to threaten his wife. When that happened, you know, that whole scene with Robert De Niro where he's like, just go down there. And, you know, yeah. Right. Oh. I was like, really? Do you, that's a wait, question wait, wait. I read somewhere. Like, um, do you think that he was like, would he have done something to her? Yes. Because why keep, so? why keep on, the way he was like, hey, keep on going, keep on going. Yeah. The way he was doing it was so simplistic and like, so like, trying. he's trying to be innocent about it keep on going just right there keep on going it felt so suspicious you guys didn't feel that aura of suspiousness like i knew no, i did i did I, don't I, do it don't do it i can't decide and it was just some guys like loading stuff and i was like maybe there isn't anything to worry about but it was he was being weird so it was like that's maybe well, like, trying to intimidate her. where she's like i just don't know so i need to get the fuck out of here you know <laughs> Oh, what you're saying, Shawley was just to be intimidating. I see what you mean. Maybe he wasn't planned to do it, but he's just trying to be intimidating. I, yeah, I don't know, but that's what I, I was trying to figure that out. Yeah. I don't know. I think they leave that up in the air. Maybe okay, I can see. I can read that both ways. I knew something that happened was, was the way he was doing it. I even I, I was shouting to the film, don't do it. I was shouting. I, you know, I talked to TV. So I'll be like, whenever something, a scene is about to happen. I think we all done that at some point. Don't do it. Stop it. Don't, don't go. Don't go. <laughs> and then... Um, like you said, the, the 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 little innocent men in there, or seemingly innocent men, were just kind of doing their packing. I'm like, oh, okay. But like you said, they could be posing as packers, what they were doing, and Harry getting ready to. And then I was surprised that you know it's funny because like he's he could have pulled his gun out, and even she had turned around, boom. So it's kind of interesting how he didn't do that right away. I, I thought I thought for sure he was going to do something, even right then, even while her looking. So. I don't know. It was, it was an interesting scene there. You could kind of read about, read how you think it could have gone, you know, could have gone either like way. Like the whole, um, their, the whole relationship between everybody kind of deteriorate, deteriorated yes. by the end. Yes. I feel like that's what happens in the mob, kind of criminal life anyway, where your mob boss or even like the loyalty, game. but only so much because once once you're in jeopardy, they like turn that, on each other real quick. The sad part is you. The 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 sad part of it is that you you build these relationships. You think these are like your real friends and family, but in and in a lot of other stories that we see, um, that you always supersedes any other concerns. But in in a story like this, it doesn't, and that's the terrifying thing. Is like he's got this very long relationship with Jimmy. But even Jimmy is like, 
if it comes down to business, sorry, you're gone. It's like, you're not so upset. But I have a point. Any connections in your life? That was my point. I mean, he was about to kill him at the end with with the Florida thing. He knew something was up with that. Like, oh, you sent me to Florida to, to do this hit job. Then you're gonna kill me at the end. I think it happens in real life when you're involved with a mob. If it's a mob boss or the gangster thug life, where you're selling drugs and stuff like that, you know, you have have all these. You have all these connections and friends, but in the end, they'll screw you over. Just because maybe you're missing a couple dollars, like you said, all a business thing, all just business. They'll, they'll off you in a second. So I think that, anything is like a glorious life with all the money in the world. I, I, I guess I compare. It's interesting. I compared that mob boss, the whole mob life, to the gangster life. You guys know what I mean with that. When I, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all the same. It really is. You know, I, I just I watched a lot of the the Spike Lee movies with the you know Boys in the Hood and stuff like that back in the day, and that stuff still goes on you know you know uh, with the you know the drug thing you know the drug life and all and um they're both similar the same actually the, you know you, you have money you have you know and, and it draws people into it because it, it's fast easy money you you have a you have friends you have uh associates and friends you make that you think will be lifelong friends and some people that live long time in that in that you know kind of what am I looking for that um this relationship <laughs> and then when you think you're established they they all of a sudden your, your life is snuffed away in one second for not you know for nothing or for business for business purposes or whatever so that's, both that's interesting because um well you, you know when you watch this I think I mean I mean I often have the the reaction when I see these characters who decide to testify against all these people they used to know I think oh that's a really horrible thing it truly is and everyone you ever know known must have feel feel really like betrayed by that but then you raise a point which is that mm -hmm. on the other side of it there you know all the loyalty you've built up with them doesn't mean anything in when it comes down to Bingo. the business and getting pinched yes and and I guess once these people realize that's the fact that this mm -hmm. the decades of their you know friendships and work doesn't mm -hmm. matter a hill of beans once you get down to it that that is something that probably feeds into their decision to say well then fine i will you know report i will turn state's evidence because i mean that's less that's less than killing them which is what they were going to do for someone who acted exactly how i'm about to so in that you sense it's like, then it's not really a shocker you think that oh, once you're in witness protection that you're do you do you think that you would ever stop keeping it not like looking behind you because they I feel like they the paranoia is always going to be there yeah, yeah, yeah I would probably go to Joker's plastic surgeon and Batman 1988 mm -hmm. you know just say like you know underground like to do something make me look completely <laughs> yeah. I say back then it was easier to disappear though now to your earlier point Shelly about being caught it's also easy to be found. Yeah. You would never ever be able to take part in social media or anything that the future holds because that connects you to everything else in the world. You'd have to just basically go off the grid completely and disappear. Move to some your town. I think eventually the real Henry Hill came out of witness protection. Yeah. I think I read that. I mean, that's not is that his real name, Henry Hill? I was wondering. I think so. They they met with him. Or, I mean, maybe that's just the name that they used in the book and in the movie. Maybe that's not his real name. But I find it interesting because he still would have been in witness protection when they were filming this. 
but they met like he met with them and then Lorraine Bracca did not she was going to meet with the real Karen but then eventually didn't wasn't able to and then she just eventually built her own idea I think that would be hard to portray someone in like a real person and then you would get that stuck in your head while you're acting like am I really acting like they are instead of developing it your own way well you might also start to when you meet people for real you you tend to sympathize with them which would affect your performance like she's supposed to act like how this person really was and meeting her might have been might have convinced her like oh I want to be a little bit nicer to her it's like well maybe you shouldn't be nicer to her yeah yeah play her how she really was yeah which also at 13 oh my gosh I have a 13 year old and I can't imagine if he came home and was like he's working across the street with the the guys that what did they call it at the cafe I mean and they everyone knew who they were and then maybe not I mean he just gave he just dropped out of school what was he in seventh grade never went back you know that happens I did not I sorry I did not blame his father for beating him when he found out he had been missing school for months not even it wasn't even days months I was like I would have hit my damn kid too and I would never hit my kid but that would have driven me to it because that is just insane like you lost how much of your schooling did you oh my gosh no I was gonna say with Shelly's point about the kids at 13 there I've seen them seen them not personally but heard through even the church i've gone to but <laughs> back in you know living in richmond that uh, kids as young as nine and ten get pulled into that life through, through like especially they live in like uh like the urban areas like the projects and stuff like that if not eight nine they're 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 pushing drugs for their parents and stuff like that and doing stuff well, well you know why and, because it's harder for like yeah you know kids can't really get in trouble they won't get the same sentences you do yeah it's like easy, like, oh, we'll push you out there because it, it the repercussions will be less if anything yeah. you know, goes And wrong. that's the thing though, I think a lot of them get, I, it reminds me of even um, how kids get into it. Just like, just like um, how hit, was Henry Hill got into it at 13. A lot of them start young and then they, they develop that, use a good word, Eric, that's what we were looking for earlier about loyalty. They try yeah. to develop that loyalty in those, you know, where they're in the uh, gangs. That's another I word. Felt, I gangs, felt bad for and, the mailman. He was just doing his job. <laughs> oh my gosh. Why didn't they beat the father up? Why don't why not go directly to the guy who's an asshole? <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It was a roundabout way. Maybe they didn't want to like spook the They family. wanted him to still be able, I don't know. I don't they still wanted him to work with them. I don't but wouldn't but the kids seemed like he would have been totally like, yeah, beat my dad up. Well, you know, like he's he because he was like he's taken several beatings. Well, his dad was mean. Well, I was surprised he didn't be. Well, him. would you not be yeah. mean in that scenario? Well, in that, <laughs> I understand if your kid misses school for months, but I can't well, believe. But, but also, if you do it, existed, but they have to just write you a letter. Here's a question. Just... Here's a question, maybe controversial. If you knew your kid was potentially working for the mob, or most likely working, for the, would you not sort of break your rules and say, "I think possibly." being an abusive parent would be a good idea in this situation if it scares the shit out of them enough to get them to stop this. But like, what if he tells so his mad. mob cohorts that this is what's happening? Then they can be come afraid of your own dad. Kid. Well, the dad should have been afraid of that before he even beat him for the, for the school <laughs> yeah. thing. Because he said his dad um, knew who he was. So why in. did they beat the dad up? I'm just, like, why did he get them beat the dad up? I'm kind of surprised. They didn't beat the dad up. They beat the mailman up. 
I know. Yeah, I'm saying this. Oh, why know. didn't they? Yeah, I don't know. It was like I wonder. I wonder why he didn't have them beat their, his dad up. That's what I mean. I wonder why he didn't order that on. It felt like his dad was maybe too much the type that would report it and then yeah. get hmm. them all blown up. Who knows? Like you know, maybe they feel like, oh, well, that's the guy who's probably going to call on us, even if it kills him. Um, and then and then they'll investigate everything we do. <laughs> hmm. I don't know though. It's, it did seem weird to me. I was like, they should beat up the dad. Come on, the poor mailman. <laughs> I know. <laughs> who probably didn't even know like i don't understand what's happening what are you <laughs> they know, what are you, who are you how would he even have Robinson known not to deliver that letter like what how would they know i'm gonna run right. do we have a mailman or mail woman person mail carrier multi- there, there are multiple male men there's different people um i i think they've i think that some at one point there was a male woman but and who delivers our milk <laughs> no <laughs> Well, for you, yeah. it's um, shipped from Target, right? <laughs> Things ain't like they used to be. For me, I get my own from Target <laughs> or Aldi. <laughs> All right. Does anybody have anything else to add before um, we We mentioned about the N-word used. And um, ah, yes. for me, I just, I was like, that was the, the, the time back then. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and get, I guess, get triggered by it because it, it was a time back then. Yeah, so and they were I, not I good people. <laughs> yeah, I know people that would get triggered by that. To me, and I understand that, you know, but I'm saying to me, is this the, the time back then. I can't sit there and be like, I'm not going to cancel this movie or do whatever because I didn't, yeah, I mean, like, so I think things need to be historical, historically accurate. So, yeah. I mean, it's still bad to use, but it, it's in a right. film uh, during during a certain time period when that was used. It's understandable, you know. The you know, I, I don't know how you guys think, but the, to me, it, it just was part of sign of the times back then. So, yeah, that's my take on it. <laughs> I, I would agree that um, I gave it more of a pass this time because, like Shelley said, mm-hmm. these are bad people, and yeah, yeah that's true. Or like, if if the point is to characterize what kind of person it is, then having them say a word like that definitely tells you what kind of person they are and these are not meant to be people you sympathize with yeah so so yeah that makes sense uh and it's very different than taxi driver where the guy who said it in taxi driver i was like there is no point to that like he's just being an asshole like yeah i I don't know but so yeah that's fine yeah it's it's weird to hear though because you wouldn't i wonder now could someone make a movie and have a character say it for those kinds of reasons and would it be okay? I mean, I watch a lot of movies, but I can't say that I can remember hearing that word. Uh, I feel like people, it, if it's within the time period, like the Jim Crow era or something, I don't see a problem with it being said. It was part of the, is it was to, for historical reasons. You mean a but 20, like you said, Aaron, well, people, sure, sure. If it's about now, slavery and racism, then definitely yeah, it will be used. Yeah. That yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. If, but you're talking about current times. But take, well, yeah, take, movie, take another movie. Like I mean, somebody okay, making okay. a gangster movie. Could they say it? About a current gangsters? A 2022 movie about gangsters. Could they say it? I thought you're referring to like a 2022 movie made in the 1950s. I feel like people get triggered by that now. Uh, you're, talking about, uh, you're talking about a movie made now that takes place now. Or in take made now, but made for 1950s. I thought no, no, I'm talking to Eric. For what Eric's asking, oh, is that yeah. what you're asking? A movie about, made in 2022 about people in 2022. 
a movie made now that does that is not on the subject matter of racism or slavery. So it's not about racial oh. politics. So it has nothing to do with any of that. It's just it's in it. It's about a completely different other type of thing. Like then, imagine, no. imagine Goodfellas I'm, made now. Could the person who made it now have the character say the word? Well, yeah, are you having showing that they're you're not you're saying that you're not showing them as being a racist person or an asshole? The weather does an asshole. Like, either, well, I guess either way, do you think that they could still get away with it, even if that's how they were trying to make that person? Because it's very offhanded in these movies. It's yeah, because there's other ways to show that they're bad people. Sure, it's sure. very pointed. Yeah. Uh, these days, when people use it, it's usually very pointed, where they're trying to make it clear that the person is a racism in this mo- a racist in this moment, and uh, so it's like a special scene about that subject. And not just this offhanded remark that somebody made. I would hope that they would be more creative. Whoever's yeah. making the movie yeah. is coming up with a more creative way to show that they're a bad person. Because yeah. it's, it's. I would too. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but we don't. We're, I guess it's just because this movie was made in 1990, we're saying Scorsese, that's fine. Well, and it was taking place. During 19- many years before 1990. Well, exactly. no, I said. But I said, can somebody make this movie now? Even if a character, if it's taking place in the past, could they have saying this and still get away with it without people saying, "Why are you doing this?" Yes and no. Depends on like how does it affect somebody. Some some people might may not be as like to to them they'll be like, okay, they're you know an asshole or something trying to be play tough guy or whatever. Smart people be like, no, this is wrong. This is racist. I think I think your answers will vary. You know. Yeah, I agree. And I, I still think that I would prefer the creator to be more creative. Yeah. I agree with that because I feel like um, if you don't have a good reason to do it now, like it actually serves the story, then why throw it in there at all? But if we go further enough back in cinematic history, you need less and less reason to throw that in there. And so 1990 is a bit of a weird place in our culture. And I guess Scorsese felt like I can have a character say that word and it doesn't have to have anything to do with the larger story. It can just be something this character says and they don't need to be more creative about how they're assholes. It's just fine. Well, thank God we've evolved even since 1990, right? Yes. yes. Our culture. I still feel like if maybe it was like a black writer, a black director writing the movie now about, I still feel like some people would be okay with it because it's a black actor. Well, if they, if they did it, they would only put it, if they did it though they they would only be putting it in the scene because it had a purpose right it, it wouldn't just be an offhanded remark it that would be, be a purpose yeah they needed the characters to say it to prove some kind of point whereas in a lot of these cases it doesn't really prove a point you know we already know i forget who said the word i didn't write it down in my notes in in goodfellas but i i whoever it was i doubt we needed any more reason to think they were a terrible person <laughs> You know? yeah. yeah, we already knew. <laughs> this didn't yeah. help. <laughs> yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so okay, cool. Somebody uh, else asked Eric about some. You had another question about something. I mean, that they want also us discuss. What was the other thing you said? I think you guys all touched a little bit on the questions I put out in the beginning. I did have one final question. That's a fun question. Okay. Right. Nope. I so they go through this entire scene where he introduces a lot of random characters that aren't even part of the movie in, by giving their nicknames in the community. And so I wonder uh, if we were uh, mob people, 
what would our nicknames be? Uh, Can that be a homework assignment to think through and then come back in our next (laughs) episode? No, no, you need to do it off the top of your head and be as offensive as possible. No. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. No. Like like, uh, uh, Ruth Coke bottles. Oh. Oh. I don't know. I would. I, I, I liked the guy. What was his name? Like Mickey two times because he said things two times. How annoying yeah. would that uh, be? Let me get some cigarettes. Some cigarettes. Yeah. You gotta go to the bathroom. See him bathroom. again. He didn't show up again. No, yeah, none of those people did. They're I like, also liked the uh, scene at their wedding when he's introduced intru- when she's being introduced to everybody, and then the she's Peters like, and, and their name was either Peter or Paul. <laughs> All the Peters and, and their child was Marie, and they. Child no, Marie. not the child. All their girlfriends were named Marie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Were that reminded me of my big fat Greek wedding oh, where yeah, yeah. they're yeah. introducing him oh, to yeah. the family. It's like, and this is Nick. This is my other cousin, Nick. My cousin, Nicky. My other cousin, Nicky. My cousin, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> this is Nicholas. <laughs> the women. Um, what was he putting on the blue? What was the blue stuff they put on their face? Was that some kind of face mask? 1950s face mask? Oh. I was confused by that too for a minute. Oh, I don't know. Like you paint your face like I thought a child was painting her face and she oh. was letting the child do it because you know that's what parents let child children do. And then I realized a, a grown woman is painting on her face, so it must be some kind of mask. And it I was, was like, what? It was a hostess <laughs> party, and it reminded me of all the um like MLM parties I get invited to. You go MLM? to the like a uh, like um you know those. Those pyramid scheme. Uh, stuff. I don't know, like, like Arbor, Amway, Arbor, 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 Oh, okay. Amway. I never heard of MLM. So that's new when one. you said MLM, though, the first thing that comes to mind is either M4M or MAL, <laughs> which are both big gay <laughs> organizations. Oh, what is it? Stand for gay mass gay. level marketing or something? M- multi level marketing. Multi something. Oh, multi level. Okay. Yeah. Which, which literally brings to mind a parent. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're putting yeah. it in the name. They're not even trying to hide it. No. <laughs> Come on. I want to switch a, switch a topic to the prison scene with all the parent, all the, the wives and the kids were there. Yeah. So was that a thing in 1950s where everyone was in a big room? and That was in the 1980s. 1980s. a woman going down her husband, giving him pleasure while he's in prison. The yeah. Another one changed the baby right next to the what, what's going on here. Everyone was just kind of it was kind of open to do whatever you wanted and need hey, to do. Do you, do you remember the 80s? They were crazy. <laughs> I do, but I don't remember. They were crazy. Well, I mean, yeah. oh, Takia, when you went to prison in the 80s to visit <laughs> random people, I don't know. No, no, that means it's like what it was that open, you could just like you know. Okay, I need I need pleasure now. Go. Yeah, I don't I don't know how. Um, I don't know. I actually do been. believe it. I really but do. Who knows? Because it just shows open? that maybe the, the security, security was lighter. That you know you could just get away with stuff easily. You could get away with a lot of things. Then I think you know the world changed after. I mean, basically, I, I want to go to like nine eleven. Basically, the world just sort of turned on its on a dime and said, yeah everything has to be different from now on. And, and, and up until that point, to varying degrees, things were crazy. Do you remember that midnight run airport scene at the end? 
everyone's like smoking and they're just like smuggling anything they can think of into the airport. And we're like, what the, what is this world? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. like anarchy is like, this is not the world we live in now, but it is, that's the eighties for you. So that is crazy. It, it was just so open. I, I just, that's why, I, that, that, that's what I like with time pieces. And then now I think like, I know it sounds stupid saying this now, but like you, you're just behind a glass. You can't touch your husband or spouse in, in, the, in a jail, right? You just, you have to be, or is it like when you need to I think it might depend on like the yeah. security yeah. level of the prison or the jail. What I would say, like in, in, he may not have been in maximum security because he wasn't accused of wait. murder, right? <laughs> I was trying to say when you talk about Kevin, he was they're sitting across from each other. Can it, yeah. it, is it like that? Well, he was a murderer, that's true. <laughs> so is it like that now? And he was at juvenile or in juvenile. Does it, okay, but does it vary by maybe states? Some some prisons allow you to sit across from someone others place. I think Shelly. I think Shelly explained uh, the difference with Kevin is that the fact that he was a juvenile. So they probably, oh. they would let his mother be in that situation. But, you know, once he becomes an adult, I doubt she would be able to do it without glass between them, you know? Oh, I see. Okay. Probably, yeah. It's just all context, but. Yeah. Yeah. Were you guys shocked at that scene? Just to mention it one more time, would you guys? I you got guys- very. I uh, thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and then I felt bad by his the daughters. Can you imagine that? Yeah. They were so small. I know. One, one still had a pacifier, and they and she drove. She drug them to whatever the I forget the girlfriend's name. Yes. Uh, uh, where, where she was buzzing all the Janice people. Rossi. Buzzing yeah. her. Rossi, yeah. That's right. Yelling how she's a whore. Do you know? She called the like manager of the hotel, the not hotel apartments. Like, do you yeah. know that in three C there's a like whole- he cares. <laughs> Why I know it, I've been up there. Why is it a superintendent? That's part of a school system. I was I was confused by when she said, "Hey, I'm gonna call a superintendent on you or something." You hear that? You hear that part? Oh no, superintendent super is a term a, um, for the person who the, uh, yeah who runs the apartment building. Yeah, is that what they call now? I think it was. I think so. They're school. like I think they shortened yeah, it. In my, in my apartment that I lived in in DC, there was a, a superintendent. It was a guy I knew who he he just he just had an apartment there, but they the. The condo association had selected him as the superintendent, which meant like whenever there was a problem, he would need to be the one that makes the calls to plumbers and shit. Yeah. And take care of it. So yeah. Am I the only one that only heard associated with the school system? Takia, Takia, in schools, oh. I believe they're called superintendos. It's a Simpsons joke. It's a Simpsons joke. Ralph Wiggum says he calls him Super Nintendo Chalmers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, Tiki, it's just because you've lived your life in education too long. You forget what it's like to be in an apartment. I I do, yeah. Because <laughs> most of my apartment my part life was Faha's basement. So that's what my apartment life was. So I was your Super Nintendo. <laughs> Nintendo, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a pretty decent Super Nintendo. You know? <laughs> yes, I Whenever agree. I have problems, he, he's, he's automatically like, I'll I would hope by now I'm a Nintendo 64 I or... <laughs> Or a GameCube. <laughs> oh, sorry. You're not going to move further than that. You <laughs> mentioned a movie. I think one of the little daughters was Harvey Keitel's daughter. Oh, really? Him and Lorraine Bracco were married. They had a daughter. She was a part of film. Oh. I think one of the little ones had a little round face was Harvey Keitel's daughter. Oh. Look it up. When you she get a chance. Keitel face. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you know, the one with the round face. Because <laughs> he has a certain look. I absolutely face. understand. Yes, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was one of the little, the little, the little bits. Little girls. Little girl. Wait, Lorraine Rocco and Harvey Keitel were married. They were. 
I think as I was reading, I read, I read a lot of background trivia too. Ooh, I love that's that. interesting because Harvey Cattell was in Taxi Driver. Oh, oh. that's right. Yeah, and I, I noticed, you know, oh. uh, between this movie and Taxi Driver that Scorsese, did I? I feel like I noticed that he included actors that, well, I mean, Robert De Niro, of course, you know, like bring mm-hmm. him back, you know? Yes. Yeah. So it's- Well, he does bit- that in a lot of his movies, right? Well, how many Italian actors are there? 10? No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, Stella Keitel. Oh, yeah. Which one, the oldest oh, daughter? The older daughter. Yeah, I knew it, yeah. Is she like uh, 35 now or something? Probably. Um, <laughs> She oh, was no, born no. in 1985. No, now she she's still younger. Okay. Than us. Yeah, yeah. She's younger than us, and she was in Goodfellas. You know, oh. come on. <laughs> I haven't okay. I accomplished anything in life? <laughs> I have a comment about the t- the the evolution of Lorraine Bracco's character's looks. I didn't find her attractive at all when he first met her. She looked just like Marge Simpson with black hair. Was just, she was weird looking? So I funny. pictured. I pictured. Wait, wait, wait. I pictured like something a little more. This is this is at first when we first met her. I picture someone like right. more you know, more beautiful and alluring. Like I don't know, like um, I don't know who's beautiful. No, 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 I don't know. It comes to my mind. You know what? They, I, don't <laughs> think they, I don't think they put it was, any a, it was a pretty on actress. Her. Now I, okay, I don't think they put any saying. makeup on her. She was like a uh, I'm sorry. But I mean, also remember, like the standards of beauty in the '50s is very different than now. Yeah, as well. the hair, hair especially, and fashion. But, I, I know, but, but then as the, the, the time periods went on and they changed her look, she was beautiful by, by the age. Well, <laughs> yeah. so maybe, but, but that's what I'm saying. Maybe <laughs> like you're saying, you did it on purpose to look to, so she, she looked like she was mob beautiful until as she, as she got into the family and she had money, she made herself look prettier or something like that. Are you, are you saying I that's- it, I, think it was, I think it was prettier. I think it was what I was saying earlier about how she judged all those women when she first met yeah. them. But slowly over time, she basically became, became one of them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I don't Without know if you guys think she was pretty she in the beginning. One. I know it sounds petty, but I just, I just thought as she, as she as she her hair got longer and things changed, she got more prettier. So anyway. I think they I did I do think they made her look plain on purpose in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. She was also young. Like, you know, they tried to probably make her look young. Younger, yeah. 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 True, true, yeah. Girlish, you know, like girlish. <laughs> Why did they not move out of her parents' house sooner? I don't get yeah. that. Was it? But they didn't have big houses and and opulent things in general. I did. They didn't have huge mansions and huge. They all lived very like you know simple. Until the end, they, when they she got that second their... house that was with the Wait leopard a print oh, on the right. wall. Wait a minute. Uh, do we do we see from the outside? I'm, I'm not remembering the house how it looked from the outside. I don't think they showed the new one from the outside. Oh, okay. But I also think to Ken, a lot of times when, especially in the life of crime, you don't they you can't themselves. necessarily outwardly show off all the riches because that will a- get people to ask questions. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I agree with you, Fahad. I was about to add, about to add that on before you said that. That I think that they were hiding themselves, hiding their wealth, hiding, to make it less obvious that they have all this money. But I feel like now you don't have, they don't, people don't do that. They have money from whether or not it's illegal money, whatever. They, they flaunt it with houses and cars and all kind of things. But I mean, it's I there was that scene where he was pissed about them doing that. Yeah. They look, these idiots. Like we told them, all you have to do is yes. not spend money for, and like, they, the guy bought his wife a and they coat and bring themselves I remember a that. Car. A car. Yeah. I would have been, I would have just killed those people on the spot. I was like, are you <laughs> this stupid? I know. Are you bought a fur coat? Dead. You're, you're obviously you're not built for this world 
you gotta go. Since, you know, I mean, in this world, killing people, it's, it's like, whatever, you know, whatever. But then you think, what's the point of having all this money if I don't get to spend it? You just wait and you spend it. It's, it's, it's people like- Burning a hole well, in their pockets. This is not these people, but all of humanity cannot wait for something. Like there's yeah. no patience. You you need it now, I don't know. Yeah. And that's where a lot of the trouble comes. <laughs> money can be the root of evil. Oh, a root of all problems sometimes yeah <laughs> yeah can. but really human beings are the root of all problems well i agree with that too <laughs> if they could control themselves there wouldn't be any problems right i think people are more impulsive these days so yeah. <laughs> uh, not these days they've always been this way they just yeah. uh, they have new methods now to, mm-hmm. to be impulsive with mm-hmm. uh, i was going to make that point earlier is the fact that uh you can't get away with a lot of this shit now because of yeah. because of the connections that are made. Like, um, you will get caught out just because you know if something came out and you were caught like forty years ago. Not a lot of people will know the story. If you're caught mm-hmm. now, everyone will know. Everyone knows the story. That, oh you, my God. <laughs> that yeah. organized crime exists now. That's a good question. I wonder. At this level, probably yeah. not. Yeah, to this level, probably not. Unless they've gotten smarter, which yeah, but I keep trying to figure out. They've kept up with technology, then they could have been. They could have come up with a lot. Although you know, like the the real like heist work and true criminal work now is probably with people who are like genius level hackers, people who really or like who's that guy that just got arrested who who tricked a lot of people out of their money, right? Oh, that guy, the, the dude. Um, What's his the name? Cl- the clown here. The dude. He was, he was just... Uh, <laughs> that's a different name. He was just arrested in the Bahamas. Samuel I'm Bakeman talking Reed. about. Samuel Bakeman Freed. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was saying the guy with three names. Yeah. yeah. Is, is it the crypto guy? Uh, I know that's how he got a lot of money yeah. by saying... It's the crypto guy. Okay, because Freed was, I know, part of the name... I didn't necessarily re- remember Goldman the- Sachs or something, but like it was that. a three-part name with Freed in it. <laughs> That's what I remember. So I think it's the same guy. It was a, he was a crypto guy. He was on the cover of Forbes or something, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, because yes. he became a billionaire so. from crypto, but then recently all of this tanked, and he has nothing. Oh, yeah. Well, he stole all those people's money. Yeah. See. I don't I still don't know what to think about crypto, but honestly, it still feels like a scam. And yeah. it feels like it feels like NFTs are a scam too. It all yes. it's it, like I don't stand a lot of it. <laughs> I understand a, a decent amount because yeah. I work for uh, an institution that actually covers the material. Uh, but even that institution admits, like most major institutions, that it doesn't know enough about how this stuff works, or at least about how it how it integrates into the financial system that we all have known for decades. So, and, and that's a scary thing because it's like, we, we need to know how it does because people are already moving forward with things like this, like the, mm-hmm. this guy's kind of plan or NFTs or things like, 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 well, how does this work in the financial system? Like, does it even mean anything? And unfortunately people keep getting cheated or fooled because <clears throat> it doesn't mean anything necessarily yet. <laughs> And right. people are trying to make it mean something. But I don't know. Anyway, it's this is why I won't invest in it until someone can standardize it in some way. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, 
Is it that time again for Recast? We close each episode with the recast game where we each play casting director and choose a different actor from any era, living or dead, to portray a character in the film instead. First up is Bad. Thank you, Shelley. So <laughs> I'm going to recast the character of Bruce. He's the guy who um, lived across the street from Karen uh-huh. that they first meet at, um, was it like a pool club place or whatever? He was walking and Karen looks at him. He's like, how do you know that guy? And then later on, Henry goes and beats him up um, because Karen came to him saying that he was attacking her, basically. But anyways, I'm recasting him with David Schwimmer. <laughs> I see that. That's a good one. He had a David Schwimmerness to him. <laughs> So I thought, you know, David Schwimmer was young at that time. You know, it could have been a fun little role for him to start off with. So that's my recast. Ooh, I want to see 1990 David Schwimmer. I have a crush on David Schwimmer. I know everyone is like, oh, he's the worst of the friends. He no. is the worst. <laughs> he is the worst. <laughs> not. He is not. <laughs> he is my top. <laughs> uh, and I am his bottom. So go ahead. Okay. I'm more of a Chandler girl. <laughs> Yeah, Ross and Chandler, I would say. Uh, younger guys, when they were younger. <laughs> I love that no one went for the obvious choice, Joey. The hot dumb guy, you know? <laughs> well, I, said, I said Ross and Joey. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. You Joey said Ross and Chandler? And Chandler. Ch- Chandler, Chandler and Joey, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Between those two. <laughs> All right, Ruth, let's hear what you have to say for who you would recast. Well, I wanted to recast um, Ray's wife, Karen Hill for uh, Marissa Tomei. <laughs> I like to see how that would kind of take a kind of be, you know, how she could kind of spice it up a little bit. I think All she right. would have been much better. I honestly do. Yeah. And I love it because she got her Oscar for starring across from Joe Pesci in my cousin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'll watch her do anything. She's incredible. Uh huh. She is. <clears throat> She's gorgeous. All right, Takia. Okay, so I decided to have I had two recasts. One recast was, recast was already in the film. <laughs> um, I decided to recast Tommy with uh, Samuel Jackson, who was in the film. I'll tell you why. Because I've seen Samuel Jackson act psycho. Um, where was it? Quite a few films. He was... <laughs> crazy i get nothing comes to mind you know i've seen them all so he's very versatile and i can see him playing a black version of tommy with those he he'll do he does this like deranged crazy eye thing like <laughs> what you talking to me like and he's yeah um he's i can't maybe it was pulp fiction and like a couple other movies but yeah he does this he'll, he'll get like zoinked out like Come over here. You mess with me, I'll kill you, yo. Like, so I can see him doing it being that role of Tommy. Okay. And then um, I also recast uh Karen as um I'm sorry, Courtney Cox. I would cast Karen with Courtney Cox. Cause she I saw Courtney Cox the entire time <laughs> that uh oh. she was in the movie. I know it seems random, but I literally <laughs> saw her face every you take time. Take away my olive skin, I can see it. Yes. So Takia, in my version and your version combined. It stars Courtney Cox and David Schwimmer. <laughs> David Schwimmer. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're going to see a little bit. Oh! 
I knew I saw he was psych. He was psycho. Uh, like he played a really crazy role. That like he was very mean. Actually, Django Unchained. We played the um. He was oh. like house slaves, like the the, the main Django? guy. And, and Django Unchained. I swear, yeah, God, you just said Jane Doe. Jane <laughs> Doe. No, he wasn't. Was like, what is Jane Doe Unchained? <laughs> I have no idea. He, that's one of the roles he did. He, he did really well too, where he was just kind of a, a mean, deceptive guy, and he kind of, you know, had his yeah. He, he, so anyway, that's why I, I knew I would just base him on some of some of his. That's one of the movie roles I remember he was in. But yeah, so those are my recasts: uh, Courtney Cox and Samuel Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Eric. Okay, perfect. Because I can segue from the fact that Takia did something that Jennifer I- Aniston who <laughs> no <laughs> no friends ah. no friends recast but Takia did something that I'm not sure that I was also going to do that I'm not sure has happened in our recast really? maybe, maybe Fahad remembers because his memory is so good about these things but <laughs> Takia chose somebody who was in this movie to play another yeah. character that's <laughs> ah. and that is what I wanted to do too I wanted oh. to recast Karen Hill with uh Ileana Douglas that I was somebody her. nobody mentioned, but she is uh, she's one of my favorite actresses because of specifically she's in a movie called Grace of My Heart, which is one of my favorite oh. movies. And she was the woman who was actually putting the makeup on Karen during that scene where she's judging oh. all the Italian women. Uh-huh. The ones, she's got very big eyes, but she's very pretty. Um, she's, an, she's a great actress. She has a great personality. And I wanted her to play Karen because I thought like this would um, I would feel more for her if if it was her. <laughs> she does vulnerability really well, but also the like assertiveness that comes with the this typical this stereotypical sort of Italian woman character. She can play that, but she also plays she has that vulnerability in her in her face where you know if she's scared like things are going to go south, like you could feel it. So I think it would have worked better for me that way. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I used to get her and Elizabeth. Is it Pena? Pena. Oh, confused. really? I used to get them confused because I always thought that it was battery's the not one. included. Yeah, battery's not included exactly, but I, I would they oh. kind of had a similar look to them. Um, so I'd always. I kind of think she looks like Maya Rudolph a little bit. A little bit, yes. I can they see do. that. They do, yes. I also saw Juliet Lewis. Her face a little bit in um Janice. Did you guys see Yeah, that? I, I thought that too. Um, I, I saw yeah. That. I was the only I one thought that too. I'm like, is that her? Um oh, I didn't funny. notice Janice because my eyes are for my wife. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> who is Shelly? <laughs> All righty. Well, I love every actor in this. So I was trying to think, could I recast anybody? So the only way, and this makes perfect sense because he is in other Scorsese films but I thought that Henry Hill could have been played by um could be played by a younger Leonardo DiCaprio oh, oh yes. that was my my, my first thoughts Shelly oh that's that one that was if, one of my first if thoughts he could age within the film the way he aged in life Yes. <laughs> so yes. anorexic in the beginning, but he did end up being very like mannish later. Yeah. So you know he, he has to do that. He can't stay a twink and they just try to age him but with the makeup. Right. <laughs> Man, that he could age like he has aged in life. By the that way, baby- on, the, on the subject, Ray Liotta. Oh my gosh. I Beautiful. I am yes. in love. I am too. <laughs> very handsome. Yes. Oh my god. I don't think he aged well. I shouldn't be talking about him as he passed, but I didn't 
think he looked the greatest. I mean, no, maybe no one does when they get older, but I don't know. He didn't. I didn't think he aged that well. I don't know. He didn't really age in the movie, though. No, not in the movie, but like it was okay. now present. No, it's <laughs> true. Like once he lost, I I don't know. Like uh, it was like whoa. <laughs> like, it's not as great, but he still always had those eyes. Yes, which are beautiful eyes. Yes. Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, he's uh, hot and bothered. <laughs> He, yeah, he was, he was a fine-looking actor back like in the day. On the side <laughs> Did anyone else think that he was just, that that helicopter wasn't really there at first? Th- I thought he was just really coked out. Like, he was just... Oh! I wish, they just, I wish they had just cut to the helicopter once to show a guy going, and I'm Johnny B in the weathercopter for <laughs> Oh, yeah. There's a lot of traffic down there. <laughs> that would have been... Our- <laughs> all right i believe it's time for us to rate so open up the chat enter your number and then put your thumb up fahad i'm gonna pass the uh torch back to you to do the countdown because i believe ruth took that away from you last week <laughs> i know i wasn't even Thief. it's all good <laughs> turn her into the police we'll all uh we'll all turn on her and all the <laughs> Everyone should get a chance at the countdown sometime. <laughs> um, so I'll count down from three to zero, and on the row of zero, hit enter. Three, two, one, zero. Bow, bow, bow. Eric, twice in a row. All right. Oh, we're on our streak again. I love it. <laughs> okay, Shelly. Okay. So, Takia, five. Shelly, five. <laughs> Fahad, 3.75. Eric, 3.75. And Ruth, 4.25. Wow. So we are looking at... I'm a little surprised that both Fahad and I went lower than everyone else. I am too. Interesting. I'm not... (laughs) But Eric, you mentioned you're you mad were, at us. Don't be mad at us. Not bad. <laughs> but Eric, did you mention that it's you not a bad like three point seven five is not a bad score. It's and not bad at all. Um, I didn't it, make this movie. Please don't I call your extended it. family secretly over the. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the average is a four point three five, making it the highest ranked movie we've done. <gasps> oh dang! Ooh, I love Wait, ever. Yeah, four point one five was the tie between wow. um, Shining and Rear Window. So this is point two higher than both of those. Nice. Mm. Wow. Sorry, you were gonna say something. What was it? Oh, I was saying you. I, I I don't think yours has been as higher. You you you're not a big person, biggest into like mob films. I think you're gonna be interested in. Yeah, so I want to surprise that you were you were about three. Actually, know? I personally, I, I'm I thought Eric's was gonna be lower. Oh. Oh. I didn't think it'll be that low. I thought we were on three. I, I was guessing you were going to do a three to three five. Hmm. It's full of incredible performances, so it had. I, to, I felt I had to get, it. Had I to knew Shelley was going to do a five. It makes sense because it's one of your favorite movies, and it fits the idea of a five. Takia, yeah. when you said when you were going on about how much you love the movie, I was like, "Yep, that's another five for Dad." Yeah, I love that was right down my alley. I love yeah. We, uh, you know, we we agreed to quarters and this is the first movie where i was like i really wish we agreed to 12.5 because <laughs> like i would have given it a, a three point um six five i guess is what it would be uh, but i was That's like very I'm gonna, specific I'm gonna round up to yeah. 
I don't think I've ever thought about a 0.65. Yeah, yeah I have not either, but this was the time where I was like, it's really not quite 3.5, but it is also not, yeah. Hmm. Okay. All righty, well, I'm gonna hand it over to Takia so that we can find out what we're watching for next time. Okay. So I feel like one of you might have mentioned this, you might have seen this or not, but if it's just one person, then okay. But um, this movie is kind of on the, on the kind of the diehard level. <laughs> and I thought it'd be kind of fun to see. Is it, it. diehard too? No. <laughs> I, I would, I'm not that. Oh, it's, it's above the law. I'm not that simple in terms of like, I'm going to do like the, 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 I wouldn't do the sequels. No, the first one was just good. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I, this was actually one of my favorite movies as of two years ago. Well, because it, I didn't see it until then. This is when we we're living in Reston and whatnot. And um, yeah, um, has a diehard element is kind of, you know, an action film. I think we hadn't had done a diehard type action film in a while. And, uh, it's one of my favorite movies. I thought I'd see how you guys liked it. And I don't know if it'd be a deep discussion. It may, it may not. We'll see. Um, yeah, it involves a takeover. And that's all I'm going to say. So um, the movie is called Toy Soldiers. Oh. That's I was racing about the stuff to see who has seen that. Because sometimes you guys will all be like, oh, I've all seen that. Like, oh, come on. <laughs> No, Fahad. I saw it when it came out like a long time ago. I don't remember much of it. I remember one scene specifically. Okay. Um, but otherwise, I don't think I remember much about it. If I if I have seen it, uh, then I do not remember. Okay, cool. It would have been a very long time ago. So I'm actually uh, I'm excited to see it again because Yay. It, comes up, it comes up a lot in um, the film discussions I have, or, or like because there are actors in it that you know have. They're still working today, and yes. So, well, including a hundred pounds lighter Sean Aston, and um, oh, let's not. Say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making fun of his weight. It's just like it's, it's it's crazy how different he looks versus back then. I, I just I, I don't you I don't know. Still just, a baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, Will that's Wheaton's Ryan Gosling, it. right? Ryan, no, it looks like him. I think it's Will Wheaton. I'm teasing, but yeah. That- <laughs> <laughs> so as Sean Aston, Will Wheaton, some people I don't know. I think Andrew Devoff, I've heard of. I feel like Louis Gossett Jr. You guys should know, of course. Um, yeah, and yeah, another kind of 1990s film. I, I love the 90s horse. I think we all do. This is from 1991, and um, yeah, everyone enjoys a good old action-packed movie. And I know I was riveted when i was watching it like i was you know shouting at the tv oh stop don't do that whoa no <laughs> had me on the edge i love movies that keep me on the edge so i always yeah. felt like this movie was if they if somebody like if dead poet society had just continued after the credits but they had been invaded by you know mercenaries and then this yeah happened. <laughs> <laughs> yes i declare this episode of old fogies and films concluded thanks for joining us you can find us on Facebook and find our list on Letterboxd. Don't forget to leave a comment or a review. Everybody say, forget, forget about, about it. it. <laughs>